And now, Lifestyles Unlimited presents the Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Over the next hour, we unfold your map to financial freedom. You'll learn how to retire through investing in single-family and multifamily real estate. You'll learn how to create cash flow and build wealth so you can have the time and money to live the lifestyle you want. Welcome to the show. My name is Al Gordon, and as always, I'm working on your financial freedom. And I'm quoted, actually, I would like to quote a movie quote. I would like to, to quote it, but I'm going to butcher it because I'm not going to do it right. But I'm going to go there anyway, because I think you need a smile on your face. You ready for it? Taxes, taxes. We don't need no stinking taxes. Okay. That's not quite right. That's, I didn't do it quite right. Really. It's, it's badges, badges. We don't need no stinking badges. So the, the older folks in the audience, you recognize that from blazing saddles. You recognize that from the mind of Mel Brooks, one of the what I consider to be one of the most brilliant comedians to have ever lived in my lifetime. I, I find the guy absolutely amazingly funny. I think he picks on everybody equally and he causes us to laugh at ourselves. But this show isn't about Mel Brooks and it certainly isn't about blazing saddles. What it's really about is taxes, because taxes are one of the two things that you and I cannot avoid. We cannot avoid it. Oh, what's the other thing? Death. You can't avoid death. It's eventually going to catch up with you. It's eventually going to take your life. It's going to happen. You can't avoid it. Taxes, that's the second thing. You can't avoid taxes. Now think about it. We have an organization in our country called the Internal Revenue Service, and it is made up of fellow Americans that are badged. They have law enforcement capabilities. I don't know if all of them do, but I know some of them do. And here's the thing. If you choose not to pay your taxes, they can come get you. They can come get you and make you pay. And if you don't want to pay or you can't pay, you know what they do to you? They put you in a little place called prison. Yeah, it's a little sweet vacation called prison. And you get to sit in prison for however long the legal system determines is appropriate because you chose not to pay your taxes. So why the taxes? Why, why is it that we as Americans have to pay taxes? Well, it's as simple as this. We pay taxes to our government so that our government can provide us the services that we need as a civilization so that we can go about our lives doing what we want to do. So we pay the government money specifically to promote the common defense, our infrastructure, and a lot of other programs that exist out there in America that may or may not be constitutional. I'm just throwing that out there. I'm just saying, and I'm not going to pick on any of those programs that I think are not constitutional. I'm going to talk about taxes today. I, I know some of you want me to go there, but I'm not going to go there today. Not today. All right, let's get back to taxes. So death and taxes. These are the two things that we cannot avoid. Uh, we can avoid paying the taxes. We actually could. We could defer our taxes. We could just objectively decide, you know what? I don't want to pay. Um, or we could pay our taxes. Those, those are the three common responses to the taxation issue. So the first one, defer your taxes. What am I talking about? Well, in United States code, and actually it's part of Internal Revenue Service code, that's all the tax law that is approved by Congress and 
uh, put into a bill and then ultimately signed by the president after the Senate hacks off on it. Uh, And then we have a law and we have tax laws in this nation. If you are a citizen of this nation, you agree to follow the laws of this nation. You have the right to elect people to go to Washington, D.C. to actually work on those laws. If there are certain laws that you don't like, you can tell your elected representative, I don't like these laws, maybe you should make them go away. Or if there's laws that you think need to be put into place, you can go the same path. You can contact your elected representatives and you can say, I think this law needs to go into place and they can start working on it for you. Okay. So I've given you the basic premise of the United States. Okay. We're, we're citizens. We have the right to vote uh, if we're 18 years of age. And we also have the ability to elect our lawmakers. Our lawmakers put laws into place and you and I are subject to all the laws that have been put into place up until today by our elected officials. This country has been going on for well over 200 years. So the laws that are in place, some of them have been in place for a long time. Some of them have not been in place for a long time. But let me get to that tax deferment concept that I mentioned. Did you know that legally with real estate, You can elect to not pay your taxes. Yeah, you you get to elect, not the government. The government doesn't make the election. You make the election to not pay your taxes. Now, let me caveat that statement a little bit. First of all, I'm going to tell you, I'm not I'm not a tax attorney. I'm not a CPA. I'm none of those things. So anything that I say about taxation, you need to go get qualified advice from somebody that that has the right credentials. But as a Lifestyles Unlimited member, um, I know a little bit about taxation and I know how it affects real estate. So legally not paying your taxes. How do you do that? Well, it's a little thing called the 1031 exchange. It's law 1031. Now, I, I will tell you, as a real estate investor, I pay the lowest rate amongst any taxpayers when it comes to income taxes. Yeah, when it comes to income taxes, my tax rate is very, very low. So a lot of people get confused and they think, well, if you're in real estate, then you don't pay any taxes at all. And as a result of that, you're getting over on the government. And here's the problem I have with that ignorant statement. It's an ignorant statement. It does not take into account the fact that I pay a lot of money in the form of taxes as a real estate investor. Let me let me share with you the number one expense that I, as a real estate investor, endure. Real estate taxes. Yeah, real estate taxes. There's no exemption for me on real estate taxes. When I buy an asset, whatever municipality that that asset is located in, they, they know that asset's there. And they know that that asset has a value. And they know that there is a tax that is due and payable on an annual basis because that property exists in that municipality. It's it's pretty much the way it boils down to. Now think about it. What do you pay? Now let's just talk about your principal residence. I don't want to talk about investment property right now. I just want to talk about your principal residence. Do you not pay real estate taxes? Now, some of you may be going, well, actually I don't. I don't pay real estate taxes. And, And there are people that don't pay real estate taxes. In the state of Texas, if you are a qualified 100% disabled veteran, 
you don't pay real estate taxes if you own property in the state of Texas. And let me qualify that statement because it sounded like I said any property that you own. It's not true. Only for your personal residence. So a 100% disabled veteran who maybe owns his own personal residence and doesn't pay real estate taxes on that residence, when that individual decides to become a real estate investor, that tax exclusion does not follow them to the investment property. The law is written as such that if you're going to invest in real estate, you're going to pay the taxes. You don't get the exclusion. And I think that's appropriate. I think it's completely appropriate because when I'm buying real estate, I'm buying a business. I am buying a business. Every piece of real estate that I own is its own separate business. It's its own business unit. If, if you want to get technical, I call them business units. I pay real estate taxes on all of those business units. Now, when I sell, when I sell one of those business units, also called a piece of real estate, when I sell that asset, I am liable for something called capital gains taxes. It has to do with how much that I paid for the property when I initially bought the property. What have I done to improve that property? What are the costs associated with making improvements on that property? That gives me something called an adjusted basis. The original basis was what I paid for it. The adjusted basis is everything that I put into the asset. That gives me an adjusted basis on the asset. The difference between that number and what I sold it for at fair market prices, I am subject to tax on the gain. It's called a capital gain, and I am subject to tax on that. Now, if I held the asset for less than a year, I'm subject to something called short-term capital gains taxes. If I hold the asset for longer than a year, I'm subject to something called long-term capital gains taxes. I will tell you right now, long-term capital gains taxes are much, much, much more favorable than short-term capital gains taxes. I'll tell you what, I'll get into that in the next segment of the show. But what I want to do is I want to, I want to circle back to this 1031 exchange. So when I sell the asset, I'm liable for the taxes. So let's let's say let's say I sold it for two hundred thousand dollars. Let's say um, my adjusted basis in the property is a hundred thousand dollars. That keeps the math nice and simple for me. So my potential gain on the property is a hundred thousand dollars. Now let's just assume I'm in the fifteen percent long-term capital gains rate. Again, I'll talk a little bit more about these in the next segment. But my tax liability on this asset would be $15,000, which means I would have to write a check to Uncle Sam for $15,000. And that doesn't include any depreciation recapture costs that may be associated with this transaction. I'm not going to get into that either. But the point I'm making is there is a tax there that is due and payable. It becomes due and payable once I transfer title out of my name and into my buyer's name. Now, I want you to understand that 1031 does not mean tax-free. It does not mean I've avoided the taxes 100%. Now, there is a, there's a process that you can follow to completely avoid the taxes, but it does require you to die. Yeah. See, what I am doing essentially is I am deferring the taxes. So instead of paying the $15,000 in capital gains plus whatever is associated with the depreciation recapture amount, instead of paying that 
at the time of sale, I am deferring that tax liability. I am deferring it to another date in the future somewhere, and I'm not going to have to worry about it. So what does that do for me? That allows me to keep that entire $15,000 in my pool of available money that I use to buy the follow-on assets. You heard me correctly. I use it to buy the follow-on assets. The reason I do this is because it keeps my money 100% in play. Even though I owe money to the federal government, nobody's going to come collecting because I did everything correctly. I followed the 1031 procedure. In other words, I contacted an accredited intermediary and they assisted me with the entire transaction. At Lifestyles Unlimited, we've we've got some third-party contractors that that do these types of services for us and they are phenomenal at it. They 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 literally all, all you really have to do is pick up the phone, talk to them, say, hey, look, this is what I'm up to. This is what I'm thinking about doing. I'd like to do a 1031 exchange. They ask you a few questions. They get some financial information from you. And then based on all that information, they give you an indication as to whether or not you're eligible for 1031 exchange or not. Now, there is an eligibility factor that goes into this thing. Again, I am not the tax expert on this thing. That's why we have the appropriate accommodators that assist us because these people know exactly what they're doing. All right, we're at the end of the break. I'm still talking about taxes. I haven't died yet, which is a good thing. When we come back from the break, I'm going to get into that short-term and that long-term capital gains tax. It's going to hurt your head, but you're going to love it. Stick around. Got questions? Call Lifestyles Unlimited at 855-497-4335. The Real Estate Investor Radio Show continues next. Right now, we're coming upon a great opportunity. It's that time in which you're going to find that the marketplace is changing and it is shifting to a buyer's market away from a seller's market. Number one, the brokers don't want you to know that. They're going to do everything they can do to keep you from believing the truth. Number two, the sellers don't want to believe it, although in the back of their minds they know it. Now that doesn't mean everybody will crater for you, but some people are going to be in those situations where they have to negotiate for deals and you've got to be there. Now, if you're not there, you won't get one. Join us for the free online workshop and we'll show you how to be in the right place at the right time in any market cycle. Register at lifestylesunlimitedworkshop.com. Lifestylesunlimitedworkshop.com. That's lifestylesunlimitedworkshop.com. the lifestyle you've always wanted. You're hearing Lifestyles Unlimited's Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Welcome back to the second half of the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show. My name is Al Gordon, and as always, I'm working on your financial freedom. And we're talking about taxes. Now, don't, don't touch the dial. Don't change the station. Don't turn on another podcast. Don't do any of that stuff because you need to understand how taxes work. You do. You, you can't run away from them. You can't hide from them. Trust me, the IRS is watching you. They're watching you. Okay, maybe it's not that bad. I don't think they were able to hire that the extra 86000 
IRS agents that they wanted to hire. But uh, had they hired those people that you could you could probably assess that you might have a higher probability of getting audited because those 86,000 people would need to do something. Yeah, they would need to do something. All right. So we're talking about taxes. We're talking about taxes in relation to real estate. Taxation really hits us in different ways. Now, I will tell you, as a real estate investor, I collectively pay the lowest taxes of any taxed class in the United States when it comes to income taxes. Yeah, when it comes to income taxes, I, I don't pay a lot in the form of income taxes. My, my, you want to know what my, my tax bracket is? Okay, I'll share it with you. So when I did my taxes last year, I, I haven't done my taxes yet this year. I'm, I'm getting ready to work on them, but I'm procrastinating like most of you are. But when I did my taxes last year, I found that my tax rate worked out to be an effective rate of about 12%. 12%. Now, I know other Lifestyles Unlimited members that have bigger portfolios than I do, because they're invested in more assets than I'm invested in. And their effective tax rate is something like around 3%. Yeah, 3%. So why is that? Why is it that the more assets that you take on, the lower your tax rate, your effective tax rate becomes when it comes to income taxes? And here's why. Real estate investors are taxed at the lowest tax rates available for any American when it comes to investments. Yeah, investments. We're investing in properties. We're not trading time for money. Let me explain why my number's still at 12. Okay, half of my income, half of my income comes, it comes passively, but it comes from sources that are considered ordinary income. So in other words, I, I receive not one, but I receive two different pensions. Those pensions do pay me passively. I don't have to do anything to get them. I earn those pensions. Trust me, I earn those pensions. I put in the time and I put in the, the sweat. So I earn those pensions. They pay me. But when they pay me, they pay me in the form of a W-2. Yeah, I get a W-2 from the payor, so it's as if I'm still on salary with the organization. Yeah, it's, it's not considered investment income. It's considered trading time for money income, even though I'm not trading time for money anymore. Yeah, so ironically, if I were, now I'm not going to give up the pensions, let's not be silly here, but if I were able to convert the pensions into real estate. I haven't figured out a way to do it yet, but if I could figure out how to do that, if I could figure out a way to have the income coming in from real estate as opposed to from those ordinary sources of income, I'd be closer to that 3% number. I'd be like the big boys that I know, but it's just something I'm going to have to deal with. Now, when it comes to taxation, as a real estate investor, I pointed out earlier in the show that we pay a lot in the form of real estate taxes. It is our number one expense. Now, insurance is trying real hard to become our number one expense, but it's still number two. So number one is taxes. We pay a lot in real estate taxes. I would venture to say, if real estate investors were allowed to indicate how much they actually pay in real estate taxes, there would be a lot of people out there that wouldn't be beating up on real estate investors and the fact that we don't pay any taxes. 
Yeah, that's just my take on it. Now, let me switch gears here because I want to talk to you about a different form of taxation. It's called capital gains tax. So what is what is capital gains tax? Well, capital gains tax is levied on the profits made from selling an asset, and it is often in addition to any corporate income taxes you might have to pay, depending on how you're structured, and it frequently can result in a form of double taxation if you are not organized correctly. Again, I am not a tax professional. Do not take tax advice from me. However, I know a little bit and I'm very dangerous, very dangerous. So let's talk about these capital gains taxes. When, when do we as real estate investors, when do we have to pay capital gains taxes? We pay them when we transact the property. We sell the property. So let me go back to my, my example that I used in the previous segment where I said we sold an asset for $200,000. Our adjusted basis in the property was $100,000. So therefore, our, our potential tax liability, our potential tax liability is on $100,000. That's the gain that we made on that asset. So how do you calculate what you owe the Internal Revenue Service? Well, you go to IRS code. Yeah, you go to IRS code because IRS code basically lays out what the capital gains tax brackets are for 2023. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so there, there are actually three capital gains tax rates that are out there. Now, as far as I know, the government hasn't changed anything. I don't know that there's anything coming down through the pipeline. I think these are, these are the numbers we're going to work with in 2023 unless the lawmakers make a change because the lawmakers can always make a change. But this is what we're dealing with right now. So think about it. Three tax brackets, 0%, 15%, 20%. Which one are you in? Which one are you in? Well, if you make between zero and $44,624 as an unmarried individual, you pay no capital gains taxes. You heard me correctly. You pay no capital gains taxes. If you are married, filing joint, and you make between zero and $89,249, your taxable gain is zero. If you're a head of household and you're between zero and $59,749, zero. You heard me correctly, zero. So it is possible to pay zero in capital gains. It's very possible. Now, when do the capital gains start kicking in? Okay, for individuals that are unmarried, if they make at least $44,625, they're in the 15% rate. You don't get to the 20% rate until your taxable income goes up to $492,000. $300. So there's, there's a, there's a big spread in there. Most Americans in Al's opinion probably are in the 15% capital gains rate when it comes to selling real estate. Let's talk about a form of capital gains, which is in Al's opinion, the worst type of taxation, short-term capital gains taxes. When you sell an asset or an investment and you only hold it for less than a year, and you sell it at a profit, it's considered a short-term capital gain. And in the United States, the short-term capital gains rates are based 
on your ordinary income. Whatever you actually bring into your household is ordinary income. What does that mean? It means, let's say you make between $85,076. Why that number? Well, I could get into the why, but let's not get into the why. 85,000. Is it 85 or is it 86? It's 85,000. $76. Sorry, my glasses are not uh, doing what they're supposed to do. So if you make between $85,076 and $170,050, your short-term capital gains rate is 24%. And there's a caveat to it because the IRS may determine that if you do this often enough, yeah, meaning probably more than one, that you're in business for yourself. So if you're doing more than one and it appears that you're in business for yourself, you get to also add 15.3% in taxes because that's called self-employment tax. Yeah, the, the government says that you're self-employed and as such, they have to protect you in retirement. And as such, they're going to charge you not just one side, but they're going to charge you both sides of Social Security and Medicare tax works out to 15.3%. So if you take 24%, you add 15.3% onto it, you are already at a 39.4% tax bracket. And if you get above $170,051, you're going to jump your short-term capital gains rate to 32%. And then if you add that 15.3 on, you're already at 37 point. Yeah, you know where I'm going, right? Yeah. And it gets worse from there. Now, remember, I, I, I made a comment. I said, you know, I'd like to be like those Lifestyles Unlimited members that are paying the 20% tax rate because that means their, their taxable income is coming in at a rate of around, I don't know, oh, close to $500,000 is what I said, right? Okay, so if, if we did that in a short-term capital gains approach, if we were in that bracket, we'd be paying 35% short-term capital gains rates and add the 15.3% back onto it for the, you know, self-employment tax and bam, you're already at over 50% in taxation. And that's just on the federal side. That's just what, what state do you live in? If you live in Texas, you're going to be okay. If you live in Nevada, you're going to be okay. If you live in a lot of the other states that are out there, oh, they have something called state income tax. So let me pick on California. Let's say you're a Californian. Now you got to tack on an additional, four, what is it, 13.4%? I don't know what the tax rates are in California, but, I, but I, I know they're high. I know they're higher than New York. I know they're the highest in the nation. I know that's a reason I escaped from California because the taxation was ridiculous. But now if you tack on a, what, an additional 13.4 on to 50.4, you're at what, 64.8% taxation? 64.8% taxation? Don't do short term capital gains. I am here to tell you, you will destroy your investment. I mean, I just described to you how you could have a short-term investment and you would give 75% of it back to the federal and the state government. And I know some of you in California, you live in municipalities where they tax you too. So there might be another 1%, 2 or 3% tax added on on top of that. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And it's also the way the government manipulates you into being into more long 
long-term investments. Now, the government, I know, the government changes like every two years, right? You get, you get new representatives into the House of Representatives every two years. The senators change out about every six years, but it, probably about a third of them change out every two years, right? And then the president changes out every four years, okay, unless he gets reelected, in which case he, he can stay for eight, but then he's done, right? Eight and done, you're out, okay, you can't do anymore. I realize the government transitions, but the government has been in business since 1776, You heard me correctly. Government's been around for a while. The government understands that it is in the best interest of the United States economy to have its citizens investing for the long term. Part of the reason you have the tax code laid out the way it is laid out, it is designed to prevent you or cause you not to make certain types of investments because if you do, You're going to be penalized so much on the investment. It's kind of like, why did I bother? Why did I bother? Now, you think about my little example that I gave, okay? You sold a $200,000 asset for $100,000. You know what I'm talking about. So $100,000 into the asset, it's worth $200,000. You sell it. Your your capital gains tax is $100,000. If you're paying long-term capital gains rates, even at the 20% rate, you're only paying $20,000. But if you're doing it this other way and you're in the 35% bracket and you're considered self-employed because you're flipping real estate, that's what flippers do. They, they sell assets in the short term. So now you're in a 75% tax bracket. Think about it. The real estate investor that held the asset for a a year and a day, they're still walking away with $80,000 in their pocket after paying the taxes, right? Now the Real estate investor did the short-term capital gains rate. They're only walking away with $25,000. Even if you did three more, it just seems like way too much work to make the kind of money that we make when we hold our assets for the long-term. So this is why you should be a long-term investor. This is why we believe in the buy and hold methodology. Not to mention that when we buy our assets correctly, there's this little thing that's called cash flow that comes along with, with all these capital gains. Yeah. Now the capital gains are great. And when we double our capital gains, it allows us to buy, well, it allows us to sell one asset and, and essentially buy two assets to replace it, therefore doubling our portfolio. But when we do that, these assets go into service and they provide us a form of income in the form of cash flow. That's the money that we receive on a monthly or a quarterly basis, depending on how the, the investment is set up. And we use that cash flow to offset the costs of living. That's how we retire ourselves. So it's a combination between the, the, the cash flows and all the equity that we develop in the properties. This is how we make money in real estate. And understanding how you get taxed is very important because you want to get this done as effectively and efficiently as you can. That means if you can buy one asset that can produce $80,000 of gain for you, that's better than buying three assets that only provide, say, $75,000 worth of gain for you. Are you tracking with me? I know you're tracking with me. Look, let's get you going. Go to lifestylesunlimited.com. When you get there, sign up for a free workshop and let's get you investing.
Thank you for listening to Lifestyles Unlimited's Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Ready for more of the map? Visit lifestylesunlimited.com. Explore our videos and articles. Click on the radio tab to access past show podcasts. View the radio show schedule and listen to our best of radio shows. Want to continue the conversation? Follow Lifestyles Unlimited on Facebook today. We want to meet you as well. Sign up for a free workshop at lifestylesunlimited.com. Until next time, remember, it's not the money, it's the lifestyle. The information and opinions you hear on the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show are those of the hosts, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show constitutes an endorsement recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security.